Isn't technology wonderful? I thought I'd got three different cameras working to be able to be broadcasting the Mass online today. At the 8 o'clock, it all went horribly wrong, and I was moving up here, then suddenly my arm was there. Went by the sound went, so I thought I'd fixed it for the 10.30. I'd got one camera showing up there and one camera at the back. And then during the reading, I just thought, I better check it's working. And the altar was shown completely clear when I was actually stood in front of it earlier in the service. So apologies to those who are watching online, if anyone is watching. You won't be able to see close up to the altar. We're just using the camera at the back of church for the rest of this. We will get there, though. It leads me into a question I was going to ask to begin with this sermon, though. Who has something that they're really good at? Is anyone good at, really excellent at something? Anyone want to admit it? John's good at irritating Pauline. No comment. But actually, that's a, it's, a re- it's a really good thing to have, or not irritating Pauline, but actually saying, <laughs> saying that. Because how often do we want to put ourselves down? How often, if we're saying we're good at something, actually what we're really saying is we're really bad at something, but framing it the other way. John could have said he's really bad at keeping Pauline happy, but instead he said he's really good at annoying her. It's the same thing, but switched around the other way. And I don't know about you, but so often in my life, I've felt either I'm not good at things, or I can't say I'm good at things, where people might think I'm trying to boast, or I might draw attention to myself or something. Maybe that's only me. Maybe other people have that same thing. And I struggle with the idea that I'm good at things. And instead, I just convince myself, actually, I'm useless to that. I might, might as well not do it. Whether that's giving up playing the organ, just saying I'm always, always dodgy notes when I do it. Or when I'm doing this, all the sound and video stuff and computer stuff in church and think, well, actually, this is hopeless, isn't it? Why, why am I bothering? Why don't we just go back to not doing it? But if we are good at something, I wonder, does that mean everything always goes wonderfully well if you're excellent at doing something does it mean everything is always perfect or does it mean sometimes still things aren't quite as we might like them that the organ decides to play duff notes without touching it that the computer and video gremlins decide to just annoy me at the most inopportune moments I think quite often we end up having times when it's, it's not going so well. And it got me thinking, if I'm, if I'm good at something, which I don't admit I'm good at anything, I don't accept it, no matter what people tell me, do I get better at it? Do I learn more about it in the times when it's all going wonderfully well and everything just works, that I put a new video camera in and it immediately sinks and displays things without going wrong, that I don't preach a duff sermon every Sunday, or more often than that maybe? Or is it the times when it all goes wrong? It's the times that 
we actually learn a bit more. When the video goes wrong and I work out, okay, I know what's, got, what, know what's happened with that, I've learned a bit more, I've worked out how that fixes. When my organ playing sounds really dodgy, which it often does for me, I work out what I can do to make it sound a bit better. Maybe I might even take advice from other people in how to preach better. So when it's not going so well, is the times when we seem to learn a bit more. And I was reflecting on that as I was thinking about today's Gospel reading and Thomas, doubting Thomas as we so often call him, in a sort of criticising, making fun of him way really. He wasn't there when the others were, when they saw Jesus. So he heard from the others, Jesus is risen, he's come to see us. Yeah, right, oh, I don't believe you. But then he experiences it for himself. And I wonder what difference that made to his faith, to his relationship with Jesus, to his preaching come to that. If the others had said, hey, Thomas, you never guess what, Jesus is risen, he's come to see us. Excellent, okay, yeah, I trust you, I believe you, great. And he goes out preaching, you know what, the others say that Jesus has risen. And he's, is that convincing? I don't know. On the other hand, he said, I don't believe you. Look, I can't take it. I need to touch his side where there's a hole. I need to put my fingers through his hole in his hands. Then I'll believe. He's being honest that he's struggling with this. But then when he's preaching after that, just think what his preaching then is like. Jesus is risen. Look, I, I doubted. I, I, know you're, I know you're having trouble believing this, but look, so was I. And I saw him, and I put my fingers through the holes in his hands and feet. I put my hand in his side, and this is real. Look, I've experienced it. And what a difference that makes to his faith. Actually, it's, he's sort of lived through it, and he's able to express that in a way he wouldn't have been able to if those doubts, if those struggles hadn't happened. Maybe that's the same with how we learn and how we live our lives. The times we struggle with our faith, with other bits of our life, with our relationships, with our getting technical gremlins on the computer and video working, with our organ playing, with our playing football. No, I don't play football anymore because I'm really not any good at that. It's when it's all going badly wrong, or struggling at least, we sort of grow more, we learn more as we see happened with Thomas. Through his doubt, through his questioning, through his honesty, he came to understand the resurrection more. And it changed him. We all have doubts. We have doubts whether we're good or bad at things. We have doubts about whether people are friends with us or not, in Bridget's case sometimes. In my case as well, come to that. But when we doubt, we sort of question, we try and process it and work it out, and we can grow through that. I was chatting to someone after last Sunday's Mass when we started working out, okay, we're going to do St. Thomas, and what can we do? And someone said, what about a game of true and false, with doubts about what, what is real, what is not real? And so person who was going to do it isn't here so instead I'm going to come out with three things about myself two of them are true one of them is false 
And I want you to try to work out which one is not true and see if you know me well enough to, have, to know what the truth is. Although then again, it, what is truth? There was a question on Good Friday, wasn't it? Right, three facts, maybe facts, maybe definitely not the truth about me. Fact one, I've played football on the Medeski Stadium in Reading's ground for Reading. Fact two, so I've played for Reading Football Club at their home ground. That's one fact, maybe. The second fact, I've celebrated Mass at St Paul's Cathedral in London. Third fact, I've played in the same gig as Lonnie Donegan, the great skiffle musician. So, played football for Reading at Reading's ground, celebrated Mass at St Paul's Cathedral, London, and played a gig with Lonnie Donegan, the great skiffle musician. So, two are true, one is not true. So, show, and Natalie's the only one who knows the truth of this, of course, apart from me. So, I've played for Reading Football Club at, the, at their home ground. Who thinks that is false? I've played, we're working out which one's false. I've played for Reading at Reading's ground. We've got a few, okay, hands down. I've celebrated mass at St Paul's Cathedral, London. Who thinks that's false? A couple, okay, three. Hands down. I've played in a gig with Lonnie Donegan, the great skiffle musician. Who thinks that's false? Hands down. Not many people know me very well. I should have brought the pictures along. Right. The, the one which is false is I've celebrated Mass at St Paul's Cathedral, London. I've celebrated Mass at Truro Cathedral and Guildford Cathedral, but no one's let me loose at St Paul's. To put some context into these things, which are never quite as they seem, I've played for Reading at Reading's ground. It's completely true. I've played at the Medeski Stadium. It was for a, for a staff team, admittedly, not for the professional footballers. But I've played for Reading at Reading's ground. And I've got the picture to prove it. Lonnie Donegan, yes. His stage manager was one of my teachers. And so Lonnie came along occasionally to play a gig. The jazz and blues band I was part of played the first half, then Lonnie and his band played the second half. This was in the late 90s. He was still alive then. <laughs> he did My Old Man's a Dustman and everything, it's great. Did he? Wow. It's a small world. He was living over in Spain. Okay, that makes sense. Lonnie was living over in Spain, but he sent his son to school at the same school as I was working at. For, he was getting in trouble in Spain, from what I remember. So, yeah, so I've, pla so I've played a gig with Lonnie. I've played at Reading Football Club for, uh, at Reading's round for Reading, but I've not celebrated Mass at St Paul's. 
But the doubts were there, weren't they? Which is true, which is false? It's an interesting one to think about, isn't it? As we have our doubts about what, what's going on. But Thomas had doubts. He was honest about his doubts. And through his doubts, he came to know Jesus better in the resurrection. And so in, in our faith, there are times we'll have doubts. There are times we'll have struggle with it. But if we're honest with that, about that, then actually it allows us to go deeper into our relationship with God. Allows us to engage more, to pray more and be open to knowing God in a deeper way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.